Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 as we uh, started last week. I think it's important to remember the introduction uh, last week as we studied through uh, Corinthians and to remember the place, you know, of Corinth as it's situated by uh, close to Athens and close to Olympia and the effects of the world on the church, that a place like Corinth that has its own uh, religion that is set up that is very uh, ungodly, uh, very uh, sensual with the goddesses and gods of the, the Greeks, uh, this, this place was uh, corrupt and it was full of uh, uh, worldly philosophy and uh, worldly entertainment and, and all the uh, commerce that was going on there. But yet, God started a church there using uh, the Apostle Paul and uh, establishing uh, this church and this place. But sins had begun to creep into the church. And the first of the issues that he uh, addressed was divisions and contentions. And again, I believe that the significance of that is, is uh, as he goes on to address a doctrinal and moral issues in the church, that without the unity of the body of Christ and without the unity of the family or whatever it is, I mean, there's no working things out if you don't want to. Isn't that true? Uh, but the opposite of that is true also. Where the Spirit of God is and where there is unity, there's just about... Uh, nothing that we can't work through and get through for the glory of God. And so, as he writes this first uh, chapter in Corinthians, he reminds them, gives them a, a spiritual vision of what could be, can be. He, he says in verse 2 that they're called to be saints. Um, he says um, in verses, uh, I think, 5 and 7 that uh, he hopes that they'd be in everything enriched by him and in all utterance and all knowledge that they'd be behind in no gift. And um, uh, by the way, I think the highest of our Christian experience, the highest that we can achieve in our walk here on earth is to know him. To know Christ. More about Jesus. More about Jesus. That's why we uh, come into uh, uh, churches to hear about Him. But not only to hear about Him, but to see Him. To experience Him. To know Him. Amen? And this, this is not revealed uh, by human wisdom. This is not revealed. Christ is not revealed by uh, philosophy or even personality like he addressed in chapter 1. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. And he goes into pretty, uh, pretty great detail, verses 18 to 25 or even farther in chapter 1, how that preaching, the preaching of God's word, the proclaiming of God's word is, um, is ordained of God and it's what God uses in the church and in individuals' lives to reveal Christ to them. 
that the preaching, in preaching, uh, there should be a, a, a spiritual uh, transaction. There should be something that, um, not the preacher, he, he made that clear. It's not, the, it's not the person, it's not the messenger, it is the message, the preaching of the cross. He, he goes on from verse 18. He even go, says, in, look at, you're in chapter 1, look at verse um, 21. Verse 21. He says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. That's important to note. That by man's wisdom... And by the way, this message this morning, this uh, bringing this out, is not against, is not against uh, uh, education, not against human wisdom and understanding. Um, it's not that. It's just... It's just, um, you can't know God by that. That's just it. It's not a, it's not, there's a lot you can know by human uh, fact and wisdom and things. But, but in order to know God, it has to be revealed by God through the Spirit of God. In other words, you can't get there from here. You can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't learn those things from human. He says, uh, by wisdom knew not God, for it pleased God. You know what pleases God? There's a few things that pleases God. You know faith pleases God. You know preaching pleases God. The foolishness of it too. He says, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know what the Lord loves to see? is He loves to see uh, 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 the preaching of His Word and see the, the, the sinner converted. The Holy Spirit of God doing a work in the church and in the individual that is lost, seeing their eyes being opened to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul uses himself... And the Corinthians, the, the church at Corinth, as an example of this. Follow along with me. You got your Bibles, look in chapter 2, in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom... Declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determine not to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ. And him crucified. And I was with you in weakness. And in fear. And in much trembling. And my speech. And my preaching. Was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul, using himself as an illustration, example, uh, how was it, he says to these believers at Corinth, that God revealed himself to you? I mean, when he went there, by the way, the rest of this uh, book, he addresses some Christian conduct, uh, some doctrinal things. Uh, 
But to a bunch of Corinthians that didn't know God, what would that matter? Had they, had they not been saved and born again, none of this would make any difference. Does that make... Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he's saying... The example of, of God's wisdom revealing truth is when I came to you, I didn't try to uh, win a debate. I didn't try to win you over by... It's interesting to note the, the knots. Paul says it makes clear. He says, not with excellency of speech. Right? Not of man's wisdom. Not with enticing words. In other words... You know, that might make for a good TED Talk. That might make for good public speaking uh, tips. That might make for what you would teach someone that is supposed to do these things. But he says, no, that's not why I came to you. That's not what this is about. This is about life change. This is about uh, receiving God's spirit. And you became a Christian. Your life was changed. And how was it changed? It wasn't changed through philosophy. It wasn't changed through man's wisdom. It wasn't changed through excellency of speech. It was changed by the power of God. By the Holy Spirit of God. New life. Salvation. That is beyond human comprehension. That is a different level. That's a different dimension. That's a different place. And that's what Paul's saying. He said, when I came and preached unto you. By the way, when Paul came and preached in Corinth, it's interesting to follow that with Acts chapter 18 and the Great Commission. You know what Jesus had said? He says, go ye, didn't he? You know what Paul did? He went to Corinth. He went there and started working a, working a job and working with them, making tents. And, and on the Sabbath, he would go at his spare time and, and uh, try to preach the gospel of Christ. The, the Great Commission is go, and Paul went. Jesus says, and make disciples. You know what the Bible says? And many believed. There were many that believed. Yeah, Jesus said baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And you know what Paul did? He baptized the couple there but then made sure everybody knows, knew at the church of Corinth that he was not baptizing them in his name. That they were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. The Bible uh, says, Jesus said, teaching them. And Paul stayed For 18 months, a year and a half, teaching them the Word of God. And the end of the Great Commission, Jesus says, I am with you always. And when trouble came and Paul wondered if he should leave, the Bible says that the Lord came to him and said, Paul, I am with you. And you see there... Paul fulfilling the great commission of Jesus Christ to go and to preach and to see this church established. And when it was established, it was, it was, it was obvious, it was made plain that it was done by the power of God. Not by Paul, not by his intellect, not by his uh, understanding. He said in verse 4, he said it wasn't with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You know what the demonstration was? Have you ever watched a demonstration? Someone uh, does a demonstration of something that they've explained and you say, Oh, now, now that makes it clear. The demonstration made it clear. You know what the demonstration was? There was a church. 
in Corinth. There was a church and there was believers in Corinth that cared about studying about God and knowing Him and fellowshipping with Him. And yeah, they went wrong. They did some things that were uh, not right, but they actually got right with it. That's another demonstration that you're that you've got the Spirit of God inside of you is when the, when you're convicted of sin and change and turn. That's a that's an example of hey. You say, you know, what's an example of the power of God? You hear this morning. You desiring to know Him is, is, a, is a demonstration of the power of God. Like, why would you be here if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit of God? What would we be, what would we be doing? What would be the purpose of it? He says this demonstration made it clean, uh, plain. It made it... Clear is the proof. You know what is the proof of our salvation? Bottom line. Do you know what the proof of our salvation is? The Spirit of God inside of us. If we've been saved and born again, the Bible says the Spirit of God baptizes us into Christ. We are put in Christ, a new creature. It's a simple thing, isn't it? He that hath the Son... Hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. It's that simple. Do you have the Spirit of God living inside of you? He says that you've been sealed. God seals us with the Spirit of God. He says that is the evidence of it. That is what it is to know that you have salvation in Christ. Makes it clear that experience of transformed life. It wasn't by Paul's philosophy that this church was established or these people were saved and born again. It wasn't that Paul won the debate when he went there. He said, I determined not to know anything but Christ crucified. You know why I believe that's true? Because depending on who you're talking to and, 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 and preaching the gospel to, uh, many times folks want to debate. Many times folks want to get off into the, you know, if you're trying to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what we need? We need the Spirit of God to reveal salvation to them, that they're lost and their need for salvation. If we get off into the human elements of it for very long, the, the Holy Spirit is not convicting. The Holy Spirit is not able to work. If we get off into all the debating and all the philosophy and all these things, Paul says, no. And by the way, I think Paul could have. I believe Paul could have debated with the best of them. I don't think he was completely ignorant to all the philosophies of Corinth and Athens. I don't. I just think he thought that's just not going to have any fruit. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to uh, become the smartest guy in the room. I'm trying to see the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, which is new life, salvation, being born again. That's a whole different realm, is it not? Why is that important? Why was Paul uh, determined uh, not to use uh, human reasoning and all these things? Because Paul knew (laughs) that it is easy for us as humans to begin to uh, elevate humans and look to humans. And Paul says in verse 5, look at this. It's important to see that your faith 
should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Do you know what is important? Is what our faith is in. What we believe in. It's a song that was saying, I believe, I believe. You know what we believe in? We believe in God. We believe in the power of God and the resurrection, the cross of Jesus Christ. We believe in the indwelling spirit. Not in all of the uh, enticing things of human wisdom and human You know, the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ. We in our daily lives, as we give someone the good news, as we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, do you know we must be very dependent upon the Holy Spirit? And and aware of that. I think it's important to be aware of that. In the Old Testament, you would see the uh, prophets. And they were real just, it seemed like most of them were real just matter of fact, like... Thus saith the Lord. Here's the facts. Um, take it or leave it. Here's, the, here's Thus saith the Lord. And, and maybe the extreme of that would be Jonah. Who was like, thus saith the Lord. This is what he said. And I hope you don't believe it. You know? Almost like. And then they did believe it. And then he was bummed out. He had the whole, he's like, he had the, he had the whole city repent. And he's bummed out about it. You know, we're, sometimes we're too, we take it too uh, personal. We're, we're, we're so like, sensitive about what we're saying that we're almost, we, we almost show an insecurity about it. No. When we preach the gospel, we just say the truth, preach the truth, and you know what we do? We depend on the Spirit. It's not that I win the debate. Did I say the clever words? Did I have the lines right? Did I use the right this or that? No, it's did the Spirit show up? Did the Spirit work? Did the Spirit convict of sin? Did this Holy Spirit reveal uh, to that person? You know why? We're not, we're not uh, salespeople. We're not, we're, not, we're not salespeople. We're children of the King. Talking about the King. And, the, and his, we're ambassadors. And it's a matter of fact. It's not something that we need to be so uh, uh, touchy about, so insecure about in these things. Not defensive. We don't have to be defensive. If you believe it, you believe it. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Right? Do you believe it? You get so insecure and so defensive, you start wondering if you believe it. We believe, we believe in the power of God to transform lives. I mean, think about that. How could Paul go to Corinth and with not enticing words and not wisdom of men and not all the things that he said and have a church start and many believe and trust Christ and begin to walk? How could that happen? It couldn't. It would take the power of God. It would take the work of the Holy Spirit. And Paul himself was a humble servant of God. He was an apostle, sure. But he never at any point in time, I don't think, uh, thought much of himself. I don't think Paul ever thought he was great. Matter of fact, he said in Ephesians, he says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given. 
that I should what? Preach. He said, why was, I, why was I given this grace? So that I could preach unto the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. These unsearchable riches that were given to Paul, that he preached to the church. You know what the church's responsibility is to do with what we received? Is continue to preach it. Continue to give it. Continue to, continue to proclaim it to each other and to the lost world. He goes on to talk about in, in 1 Corinthians 2. He talks about the, the mysteries that were hidden. Uh, before, that God ordained before the world uh, began. Um, these mysteries that w- at one time were not known. That have been made known. That God had ordained before the world, being revealed by the preaching of Paul to the churches. And now, as you see Paul pass off the stage and he writes the letters to Timothy, the, the preacher, the pastor. You know what he tells him? He says, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how, thou oughtest behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, preached unto the Gentiles. You know what Paul said? Hey, I've preached this message to you, Timothy. I've preached this message to the church, which is the pillar and ground of the church. And the church is to continue to preach this message. Jesus Christ, God, manifest in the flesh. Preaching this message to the Gentiles. And you know what? As we preach this message, we have to depend that it is the Holy Spirit of God that will reveal it inside to each and every individual. And it empowers us. It empowers the believer. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, is not just the power to save the lost. It is the power to empower us as Christians, as believers. The Spirit of God can do it. Look what he says in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But it's important that we don't stop there, isn't it? Because verse 10 says, but. In other words, uh, there's some things that God would want to show us, that God would uh, show those that love him, uh, but the natural man can't receive it. But, verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us. How? By His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teacheth. 
but which the Holy Ghost saith, teacheth. How's he teach? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, it's interesting to note that, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know them, because they are spiritually, say it, discerned. Well, there's a lot there in that passage, isn't there? <laughs> He's saying, hey, there's some things that God would like to reveal to us that the eye uh, can't see, that the ear can't comprehend, that the heart or the mind can't think of, but the Spirit of God can reveal them to us. He says, hey, just like we as humans... We can somewhat understand each other because we're of the same spirit. We're of the same making. But without the spirit of God, we who were created by God, we have no way of understanding him. Without his spirit, we have no way of understanding him, the creator, the one that made us. The natural man, he says what? Say this, receiveth not. The natural man. It's interesting to study uh, throughout the scripture. He calls the natural man here. And, and um, the next verse actually, verse 15. He says, he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Let me just stop for a second. Uh, what makes someone spiritual? What makes someone spiritual? You know, we have this idea of someone that's spiritual, right? They change their voice tone. When they're spiritual. Right? They're holy. What makes someone spiritual? Let me ask you this. What makes someone natural? What makes someone natural is the natural birth. It's natural. It doesn't matter who you are, how you look, what you act. You're just natural. That's because that's how you were born. What makes someone spiritual? Spiritual birth. Born again. You know what makes someone spiritual? The Holy Spirit. It's really that simple. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the capacity of being spiritual. Now, he says there's natural and there's spiritual. But he also calls people carnal. So just because you have the Spirit doesn't mean you always walk in the Spirit. You have the choice now to walk after the flesh or to walk after the Spirit. Uh, you uh, have a spiritual man and you have a carnal man. But he says, hey, those that are natural receiveth not. Why don't they receive the things of, that are from God? They don't have the right receiver. It's, it, has, it honestly has nothing to do with their intellect or understanding humanly or, or education or any of those things. It has to do with the receiver. It has to do with, with whether or not you have the Holy Spirit of God. They're not in tune. Right? They're not on the right station. Why? That comes through and by the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said this. He said that the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us into all truth. Didn't he? Did he not tell us, Jesus Christ and the words of Christ, tell us that the Holy Spirit would be the one that would reveal to us the word of God and the one that would lead us and guide us, that he would become our teacher. 
Do we believe that, that uh, holy men of God wrote down the Scripture as they were, mo- were moved by the Holy Spirit? So who better to teach you the Word of God than the author? Who's the author? The Spirit of God. And that, then you have to ask yourself, do I have the Holy Spirit? That's the simple question. Have I received God's Spirit? You say, how do I receive God's Spirit? Uh, salvation. Being born again by faith in Christ Jesus. Do you know I believe that in uh, Christianity today, and it's probably always been this way. It must have been because he wrote about it here in, 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 to the believers at Corinth. So it's always been a shortfall that we've had. Is that when we... Have a congregation of people and many don't know Christ. That have not been saved, born again. They don't have the Holy Spirit of God inside of them. So then we, the the spiritual things don't make sense. So then we begin to take man's wisdom and philosophy and enticing words. To try to convey a spiritual truth or a spiritual matter. But you know what? That's just as confusing. Because they don't have the Spirit. You know what that can do? It can muddy up the water. You know what brings clarity to spiritual things? The Spirit. He says that in verse 14. He says, because they are spiritually what? Discerned. Verse 15. But he that is spiritual judgeth what? All things. Do you know what that, what that means? Is there's discernment. There's clarity that comes by the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Do you know what's wonderful? Let me ask you this. Is the Old Testament spiritual? It's the Word of God. It's spiritual, right? Is the New Testament spiritual? It's the Word of God. And you know what's wonderful? Is when the Spirit of God takes the Old Testament... Truth and reveals to us New Testament truth. And comparing the spiritual with spiritual, we learn more about who? Christ, God. We grow in our walk and relationship with Him uh, by the spiritual understanding. Do you know what the Old Testament of God can do? It can illuminate the New Testament. And you know what the New Testament will do? It'll illuminate to us the Word. The capital W. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Spirit of God can illuminate the the Word of God and the Father to us. By His Spirit that's in us. Take your Bibles. Hold hold there. Go go, go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. In prayer. In prayer. Let me ask you this question. In prayer, are we informing, instructing God in any way? Do we teach God anything in our prayers? No. We are going to Him in prayer to have Him instruct us, are we not? We're going to Him in prayer not to necessarily change His mind, but we're going to Him in prayer to have our mind changed. Would you agree with that? It's not uh, going to God in prayer that He uh, makes sure He knows our will, but that we find His will. Would you agree with that? So Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. The Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, 
For we know not. Say, we know not. <laughs> what we ought to pray for as we ought. Have you ever been in the middle of praying before and, and telling God what needs to happen? And then it dawned upon you. Maybe it's the Spirit of God <laughs> dawned upon you that we know not what we ought to pray. Like, actually, Lord, you know what? I probably don't know the end from the beginning. I don't know everything like you do. Maybe I don't know what I ought to pray. Maybe I don't know what's going on. Have you ever gone to the Lord in prayer and said, uh, I don't know what's going on? Like, why is this happening? Like, what in the world has happened? This is not what I thought was going to happen. This is not the way I thought it was going to go. We know not. Like, things aren't clear. Uh, The path forward is very unsure. We know not. What we ought to pray as we ought, and the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's the key of prayer, isn't it? The will of God. Verse 28. One of the most um, wonderful uh, verses I think for a Christian to know and a Christian to have deep down in our heart, Romans 8, 28. By the way, this is Brother George Blanton's verse. He'll tell you that, that this is his verse. And you know what's been interesting to watch as Brother George has uh, battled uh, cancer is to see that he, he, he believes this verse. He puts it to action. In Romans eight twenty eight, it says, and we know. You know what we know is? That's clarity. Is it not? It's understanding. Did he, did we, do we get understanding from human wisdom and human knowledge? No. We went from we know not what we ought to pray. To verse 28 which says, And we know. What do we know? And we know that all things work together for the good. To them that love God. To them who are called according to His purpose. My goodness, to know that deep down in our heart, to know that deep down inside of us, that all things work together for the good to them that love God. Boy, that's life changing. You know what we call that? You know what we call that? We call that faith. To believe that, to know that, that all things are working together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Do you know that you could talk to every great philosopher in the world and read all the great philosophers and not know that? Do you know that you could go to any university in the world and not know that? But that's good to know. You know who reveals that to us? The Holy Spirit of God. It's called a peace. That passes understanding. That only God can give. And He gives it through His Spirit. It's clarity. It's discernment. The clarity that comes from the Holy Spirit does not come natural. But the natural way of trying to understand spiritual things can only muddy up the water. Make it actually harder to understand. But do you know what is a joy? What is a joy is to be able to set... Before the Word of God. And hear the teaching. Or the preaching of the Word of God. And truly be ministered to by the Spirit of God. We should desire that. 
We should, as the hearer and as the proclaimer of the word of God, no matter which place you're in, is, does, that doesn't matter. What matters is that the spirit of God would begin to work and reveal and show us these things as we study his word to be able to sit there and have the spirit of God uh, illuminate his word to us and illuminate himself to us. That mind of Christ he talks about there in 1 Corinthians. What is that mind of Christ? We've studied that in Philippians. It's humility. It's obedience. As we go humbly before the Lord in obedience to Him and allow His Spirit to lead us and guide us and direct us. In conclusion, as Dan comes and will lead us in a song of invitation, the invitation is simple. The message is simple. Is first off, do you have the Spirit? Have you been saved? Have you been born again? Does God live inside? You can know for sure today. You can say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. By faith, I trust in you. I'm asking for that salvation that comes. I trust in you as my Lord and Savior. And, and then for the believer, would you commit to a faithful study of God's word, and not just to hear it, because it's not enough that we just hear it, right? We have to be uh, not just hearers, but what? Doers. So would we commit to hearing the word of God, studying the word of God, taught by the spirit of God, and then put it to practice? That's called application. Would we be faithful uh, uh, to apply what? God gives us through our receiver. And I can promise you this, that this would be transforming a life. A life that would allow the Spirit of God to teach us and then we would put it into practice, that we would apply it, put it into application. That would transform our lives. And just like the church at Corinth, that is a demonstration of the power of God. Is when we hear the word of God and we allow it to change us and we allow it to affect us. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful to know God's spirit? To know that he has sealed us into the day of redemption? To have those promises? But would we as his believers, would we as his people choose to walk after the spirit? Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.